Photography books often have titles like The Photographer's Eye, or The Vision of So-and-So, or Seeing Photographs, as if photographers didn't have minds, only eyes. Welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and I am alone today for episode 139 for the middle of July. And uh, just as a spoiler, this is a rerun uh, from last year. I'll talk about the episode from last year in a second, but I want to mention that, again, life gets in the way of of doing the things that I want to do. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just there's things that are going on. It kind of prevented me from really coming up with an idea uh, for this episode for the middle of July. So I decided to, uh, and with Ward's permission as well, to to uh, post a, an earlier show as a rerun, as a sort of summer, you know, a summer break. But, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can get stuff going for the uh, end of July episode, you know, we'll see what we've got some people we're waiting on some, um, interviews on, on for some people, uh, getting permission, uh, asking them permission to do interviews with them. Sorry. So, uh, but we'll see what happens at the, uh, end of July, but I'm, uh, you know, coming up with this, uh, coming up with a, a rerun today, I had a couple of choices. I wanted to find one with me and Ward and decided to go back to episode 121 of May of 2020, uh, last year. So a little bit longer than a year, year plus. And uh, the episode's called Book Day. And uh, Ward and I were uh, talking about the books that we have, or, you know, uh, actually, you know, recommending some books. And, you know, I'm looking at my shelf now. And since that day, I have certainly increased the amount of books I purchased. I bought a lot uh, during the pandemic um, and with, you know, intention of having them on my shelf. I want to read them, look through them. Photography photography books are great for me. I love that. And of course, I blame Ward and anybody else who's gotten me into (laughs) buying more books. And uh, in fact, I even got one that I've got two copies of. (laughs) And it's actually one mentioned in that opening quote. That opening quote, by the way, was Dwayne Michaels. I thought it was really kind of funny. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm looking at my shelf and I got a few more Walker Evans books, a couple more, I should say, Uh, some essay books, uh, one from uh, David Campany um, uh, called On Photographs, uh, which I I haven't read yet. And in the show notes, I want to I want to direct you to uh, Unusual Collective. uh, my uh, brother in light, uh, David Swidek, wrote a, an, uh, an essay about uh, uh, his experience having read Susan Sontag's On Photography book. And I think we're going to be doing an episode where at least the three of us are going to be talking about that book, uh, or at least the thoughts that come up having read that book. And so uh, keep that in mind as a future uh, episode. But I'll put in the show notes this link uh, to David's uh, essay on having uh, read that um, uh, book and what it, what it brought up for him. And, you know, this idea of photography books, I always tell students, you know, get yourself photography books. And I mentioned in an, an essay, uh, that I wrote, I read, was it uh, last episode or two episodes ago? I can't remember now. Um, when growing up is about the only way I was able to find new photographers, um, because there was no internet, you know, and so looking at books, and reading them was about the only way I would get in touch with new 
photographers or photographers I hadn't heard of, you know, unless their pictures were in a gallery in a museum, you know, photography books. And going to, in New York, there was a um, store called the Photographer's Place, which was, amongst anything, it was, a, it was a photography bookstore. I mean, the whole place was devoted to photography books. And uh, I think there were other things that are going on there. And I really regret not having spent more time there. Although, you know, I'm sure my shelves would have been, you know, way more full of photography books. And I think of uh, Alec Soth's excuse me for butchering his name, his library that he shows in his YouTube videos. And I think there's like thousands of books that he's got. And I can imagine, not that I would have been that, uh, you know, um, crazy at buying books, but I certainly would have had a lot more uh, had I spent more time at the photographer's place. But anyway, I thought, you know, a year and plus has gone by, you know, and looking at playing a rerun on episodes, that is one that, uh, A, you know, you, you're going to expect more episodes with me and Ward talking about photography books um, because they're great to talk about. And they're great to spark new discussions about photography and photographers, you know. And so expect more of those. And so that's why I thought I would put this up. It's also interesting. I listened to a little bit of it, the, the beginning of it, and uh, it's interesting to see what was happening, you know, a year plus ago in the pandemic. And, and as we're moving our way out of it, um, you know, I'm speculating in the in the beginning what might it look like when we get out of the pandemic. And so this is what it looks like. But in, so anyway, without much more uh, talk from me now, let's get into episode 121 uh, rerun uh, from May 15th, 2020 called Book Day. Oh, and by the way, I think, uh, <laughs> I think our, our sound quality has gotten much better these days. We're, we've got better mics than it. So uh, please uh, just, uh, you know, remember that that you're going to hear better quality audio <laughs> than, you've been, than you're hearing in this one from a year plus ago. But uh, anyway, here's that episode, Book Day. It's been a while, I gotta say. It has been a while. <laughs> Unbelievable while. Yes. The uh, world has changed, I think, since we last talked, that's for sure. Yeah, it has. And, it, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to get into the whole story about this, you know, because everybody knows what's going on, but it's gonna be really interesting to see what things are like when we get through this, like on the other side. I'm, yeah. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about photography in that in this respect, you know, like what's going on with uh, both of us in the uh, pandemic world. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been like, like I said, I've been talking to myself on the show for, you know, my last four or five episodes. So it's really it's good been to working. Have... I haven't hadn't wanted to turn it off. So it's all good. It's OK. It's just that's the voice in my head coming out through my mouth. Or at least right. one of the voices. You <laughs> But, you know, after a certain amount of time, I, I can't hear myself talk, think anymore. It's just, mm -hmm. so it's nice to have, you know, other human beings. I've been Zooming with family and stuff, you know, and that's, that's kind of fun. I don't know if you're doing the same thing, but. No, just, I, it's funny. My, uh, uh, my mother, or sorry, my, uh, uh, my wife talks to her mother on an almost daily basis or mm -hmm. sometimes a couple of times a day. Where I'm a kind of a once every two or three weeks kind of guy, but I talk, we talk for an hour and a half. It's just yeah. the nature of our relationship. So, yeah. and there's yeah. phone calls. It has, we haven't done any, any Zoom or Skype or anything like that. Yeah. So I, just, I find, just phone calls good. Yeah. I, I like, I like the Zoom thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's any replacement for anything, but 
you know, to see that you have, you know, like with a phone call, I know we're not talking photography yet, but <laughs> it's a, yeah. with like a phone call, even like what we're doing now, I like with Zoom or that kind of discussion, at least I, we all know we have each other's attention for that period of time. Right. Where if we're doing stuff on Discord or Twitter or something like that, it, it really is like, you know, you're writing it and then you're doing something else. You know, right. it's the attention thing. So having that or even having this kind of discussion with you now, it's like at least, you know, we've got ourselves locked in for, you know, however much time. And I, I've got your attention. You've got my attention. And people are listening now. Hopefully <laughs> we have their attention. But um, that's the kind of thing, you know. That I'm, I'm kind of missing. I mean, the, you know, uh, but I, I like it. I like that we can do this thing. And I think, it's a, you know, it's not a replacement for real life things. But I'm thinking like, you know, if people start camera clubs or photography groups where they're in Zoom, you know, and at least seeing each other and talking rather than like using emojis yeah. to try to express themselves and getting yeah. into trouble. Because... <laughs> <laughs> That's how World War Three is going to start, right? I think. Yeah, it's a poop emoji. The, yeah. the, what was that? What, what <laughs> was that? A wink or is that a smirk? What the hell? Yeah. Is that? <laughs> so, anyway, what are you? So, so, what are you doing? Uh, we've been talking a little bit, but let's talk about what are you doing, photography-wise, during this time uh, since. Uh, well, different... as you may remember, um, I was. I don't off... remember. Okay. Okay. Well, refresh everybody's memory. Uh, I was laid off from my job, which was downtown here in Calgary last September. And I've got some hopeful prospects these days, but I haven't been working or doing anything downtown, which is where all my street work has been, uh, has come from. Oh. So, uh, so that's come to a com pretty much a complete, well, it absolutely has come to a complete stop. And I haven't even touched my cameras probably since, uh, goodness, since, wow, I guess it would be really? October. Really? Yeah. So, and, and it's funny because I haven't, I've, well, I've taken them out to clean them. Sorry, I did touch them. I just didn't use <laughs> well, them. Well, that's nice. <laughs> sort of like, I should do something with my cameras. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. clean them. Um. Yeah, so there, there was a little bit of travel. We brought my um, mother-in-law up from Arizona in October, and I did some some shooting there. And I think we had talked, you and I had done a show together not too long after that adventure. Mm -hmm. um, but what I've decided to do, and I think what a lot of people are doing if they're not shooting, is going back through um, our, our old Lightroom or my old Lightroom catalogs. Yeah, yeah. So I've been going through that and uh, going back to tooth. Well, I didn't have Lightroom at the beginning, but uh, 2004. So I'm I'm now just coming into 2017 after going through. <laughs> well, so what, so what, when you say going through, are you just like skimming through it? Yes. And okay. And trying so, to pick one or two images. Well, no, I'm, I don't. I don't put a number on it, but it seems like I have one or two images from each of those years now. 2000, 2004 is when the kids were little, there was really not, there's a few pictures of them mm -hmm. as kids, but a lot of them were just kind of, oh, here she is in the stroller. Here she is. They're right, kind right. of like dull vernacular yeah. family pictures. They're not really arty, but I did, I did try and keep my, you know, try to try to, it's at certain times when I thought of it, try to do some kind of art with them. 
Oh, what's your when you're looking through it? What's the criteria that's coming up in your mind looking at the shots? Um, to pull them out and do something to like pull that. them out. Well, they have to have some kind of artistic virtue. They can't just be, um, you know, I have to kind of recreate what I thought my state of mind was at the time. Like when we were family was on vacation, my uh, we were we were on a boat that goes. It's in uh, Gl uh, Glacier Park. Um, the, the, the borders Canada and the U.S. Um, and there's a there's like a ferry that goes from the Canadian side down to the um, down to the Montana side, so from Alberta down to Montana. And we had this time, and I had my my old big Olympus, um, the first generation of the four thirds, and it was a great camera, despite it only being six megapixels, whatever it was. It wasn't a, it wasn't a lot, but. Um, the light was good inside this, this kind of ferry boat thing that we were riding in and at least, you know, light coming in through the windows and my son was hanging his head over backwards on the seat in front of me. And I got this really nicely lit picture. It's, I've used it as an avatar for a long time. So the stuff like that, where that was, there was something else going on. There was an awareness of the surroundings as opposed mm -hmm. to lining the kids up beside the Christmas tree and taking everyone's picture. <laughs> Did you do that um, though too? Oh yeah, no. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, my my wife does it more now that everybody has a phone. She lines kind of lines everybody up and then tries to get someone else to take the picture so that we can yeah. all be in that family picture. Yeah. But it, it was just that just where there was something something more interesting for a non-family member to look at. I guess is the way I guess I should have worded it. All so right. it was let, me, like, let me let me ask you this. Like why didn't you pull out those pictures before? Like why like what's I had the different. I, what's the difference now, as you're going back and looking at your old work, and saying, "Oh, well, that one's got some, some artistic." Well, in those value. days, I made prints out of them. I didn't post them to the internet or anything. They uh -huh. were not. I I didn't. Uh, there was no thought of, of social media then. So I did make uh, some nice fine like fine prints, uh, with a few of them, not too many, maybe a dozen or so. Um, but they've all kind of been torn up or lost to history or faded or something. And it was just an opportunity for me to go and relive. Uh, but maybe that's part of it is there's, there's this reliving thing of, oh, yeah, I remember when the kids were this age and that age and so on. And so kind of, a, I suppose, as a father, uh, it was a different way to kind of recreate the time when at the time you're just so busy wrangling kids and so on. Now you can look back at those images. Um mm -hmm you know, around the kids and it's kind of a more interesting, um, but, you, but you're looking for shots that are, have more artistic value. Yes, though, absolutely. Right? Were yeah. you, but I'm saying, are these the same shots back then that you pulled out for artistic value? Like when you say you're going back and look, are you finding new things or are you just pulling out old stuff? No, that, I didn't shoot enough. Yeah. Right. I didn't really shoot that many that the ones that were good were kind of the state of the art then because I shot so infrequently compared to, Oh, okay compared to when the street stuff's really started up. Um, and, and you know, so I have, I have all this darkroom work up until we got married and we had kids and then it was really quiet. You know, I'm just, just, I mean, I'm sure there's not even 500 images I would have taken between maybe 2000 and 2007, 2008. So it wasn't, there wasn't a lot there to choose from. Yeah. Were you more finicky at, at keeping pictures were you more uh, deliberate at deleting stuff 
um, than you are now? I don't know if you're doing the same workflow. No, not really. I don't delete that much. I try to delete in camera if I know something's really gone off the rails. Yeah. So I don't import it. Um, what I'm saying, is it the same workflow that you had back then? No, it was uh, iPhoto. I would have been undoing it on a Mac in oh, those days. Okay. And I've take, since taken all the masters and lost the edits. I have all the master original. They would have, I would have shot JPEG in those days. So I've got the original master JPEGs. And then I imported them all into my current Lightroom in a different catalog of this old stuff. And that was part of this project. I was actually finishing off that kind of import process. Oh. So now I've got them accessible by Lightroom now. All right. So, uh, and so I'm grilling you here, and then I'll talk about my stuff. But no, I'm, that's cool. I figured this okay. I don't mind but being what, grilled about this. Yeah. Well, well, actually, you're helping me a little bit think about this stuff. What's the what's the um, other than boredom? What's what's your uh, purpose and goal about going through the old catalog? Is well, there, or is it just boredom and? No, it's well. Part of it is I have the time to do it now. Right. Okay. And also. I, in my love of photography, I love just about every step of, of the act of creating a photograph. I like being out walking around. I like the tactile aspect of the camera and the precious aspect of the equipment that you're using and the shooting and like the, a good street shot is like a good golf swing. It's sort of like everything comes together and your mind's a blank and it's all your subgreen, you know, all that lofty crap. And then you, that, I, like I was, you know, by 2014, on I was trying to be religious about coming home having dinner and then importing the pictures after dinner and then mm -hmm. editing them and then putting up what I wanted to social media or at least my holding area my you know my exports my mm -hmm. exports directory and um, I liked every aspect of that so with not shooting and I've been doing a lot of online education related to my work that's been mm -hmm. what's been kind of filling my days so in the evenings, I would just go through these old, these old catalogs like it was a day of shooting, right? And I would just go, well, what can I find in here? And I'm finding, particularly in the later, this later stuff that I'm finding from 2014 on, they're like decisions like, oh, I know why I wouldn't have picked that picture then, mm -hmm. but now I, I'm definitely ah, picking this one. That's what's happening. That's, that's there's a change. All right. Two things. There's that, and there's the. I don't like my original rendering of this. I will, ah, I'm going to okay. redo this with my different, my my BS phrases. Tone vocabulary. <laughs> that's that's today's word of the day. Tone vocabulary. So tone? I would, tone. Tone. Like the different contrast, a little oh, bit different. The, the, the curve. I'm playing the with the curve. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm making it a little bit, uh, making the particularly the black and white images, like I could completely reinterpret this. Yeah. Um, and hold and that thought. Like I, if, if we okay. don't take too long talking about the next subject, I want to talk about this interpretation thing. So, so put that on a, certainly we, we have it on our notepad. So if we get okay. to just remember that, but that's interesting. This, uh, well, you're a different person. You're, you're, you've aged right in those yeah. times. And we all like to think that, uh, you know, we're a lot different than we were 10 years ago and yeah. five years ago even. So, yeah, it's interesting to be able to look at that stuff. Uh, and also, to too, just, just before you go on, um, I was shooting with a different camera in 2014, the X20. I think you and I both have had X20. Yeah, right? yeah. The sensor is way different than my XE3. And so I thought I was dealing with the limitations in the sensor the way I did my post-processing. 
But I don't know if Lightroom is better or just my perception of what's going on is better or better different. Let's not say better. Let's, you know, try and keep yeah. things on an even keel here. Uh, but I can make those pictures look more like they would on XE3. Uh -huh. ah. So that's part of it, too. It's like, I don't, I don't like the way I originally did this. I'm going to do it well, like my later work. You just reminded me about something. But I, I hate going through my old stuff. That, I don't hate it. It's just I'm I'm such a like I went back as far as like you're talking about like my first digital stuff that I'm I'm keeping in Lightroom uh, goes back to 2004, 2004 maybe earlier I can't remember when my first DSLR was but when I when I got my Nikon D2X is when mm -hmm. I really started to that was the first like professional digital camera I had. Uh, and that's, I think when my Lightroom library really starts to take off, but I, some reason I, like I was going back and forth, I was doing a lot of stock. And so some of the stuff I look at it, I'm like, I don't really want to look at that stuff. It's like going back through my slides. It's like, Oh, I got all these slides, but the photography was shot for stock mostly, you know, right. maybe for other fun stuff. But I look at it, I'm like, <laughs> but I do find some gems. I mean, I, you know, I quickly went through my catalogs and I'll give you a quick backstory about that because my uh my two computers i have which is a i have a macbook pro which is 2013 and i got a mac pro from 2009 both of them uh, especially the mac pro which has got my my libraries on it are showing mm -hmm. their age and right. and i think the power supply on my mac pro is kaput so i have to leave it on all the time but i can't update lightroom and stuff like that so uh i recently just bought a new refurbished which is, looks freaking basically new. You got uh, an Apple. You got an Apple refurbished machine. Yeah, an Apple. Yeah, it's it it like brand new. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven inch iMac, and um, uh, my friend Bart Bueschatz on the uh, Let's Talk Photography podcast. Yeah, you know, I like went, that guy. I asked I like him. That podcast. Yeah, he's great, and uh, I give him credit for. Uh, I got to give him credit for getting me into podcasting, or, or you know being an influence in podcasting but uh bart i asked him because i know he's a mac guy and so i, I asked him for some advice you know because it's been a long time since i bought a mac for purpose like I actually thought about it so anyway uh this two the 2017 imac refurbished came up at mac sales by the way i'm not getting paid by mac sales but if you need mac stuff or any kind of peripherals yeah. mac sales those guys are the best i yeah. can't I, I can't say enough good stuff about those guys cool uh, but anyway, they had it um, refurbished. And I was like, in 27-inch screen, retina display, and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, I got it. So uh, now I'm not so worried about, you know, stuff failing. And mm -hmm. uh, my day job needs to be, I, have to, I you know, my freelance job is looking at videos. So I need something. Anyway, so I'm in the process of switching stuff over and trying to figure out how to migrate and whatnot. And um, so I, I'm spending time looking through my old catalogs. In fact, I started... Uh, a new catalog sure uh, mac uh mac uh will be really happy mac sikolsky will be happy to hear i started a new catalog for 2020 yeah you're so into six digits right uh i stopped at 840,000 850,000 it believe it I, the my mac pro and lightroom you know an older version of lightroom classic it was doing okay I, I'm not going to give it a lot of credit. It was it was a little sluggish, but for that many pictures, uh, I was surprised that it was still going. So, reminds me of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should. <laughs> <It just doesn't, laughs> well, my whole 
yeah, you know, but this is a this is a sidestep here for a second. But you know, everybody's like, you know, everybody's got a different idea about catalogs and 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 digital asset management programs. Like, come up with a new one every year, and it's like, you know what? Part of me wanted to do that, but the other part of me wanted to have access all the time to like galleries of stuff that I shot five, ten years ago. Yeah. So without, I, I don't know how to do that if you have different separate catalogs, and I got to load up this one, I got to load up that one. But you know, I, but I've got uh, you know from two thousand. Actually, 2001. I've got a lot of old digital pictures, but like you know, it's 2001, 1999 to 2019, stopped at 800 and let's say 850,000. So now my new catalog on the new machine uh, is is you know started in 2020. But anyway, uh, so I'm going through old stuff and I'm looking at it, and I actually got through 10 years very fast because it's like I don't know what I'm looking for, but I've been finding my my last two years of stuff, because I've been shooting a lot in the past. Since I got Fuji cameras, I've been shooting a lot more. I mean, a lot more. When I look at those years, if I do the graph, it's like, you know, the, it's like a mountain. All of a sudden, I go from like 10,000 or 12,000 a year to like 60 to 80,000 a year with these new cameras or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at the past two years and I'm, I'm really digging some of the stuff that I didn't, you know, immediately run out and put on Instagram or, or Flickr or something like that. So I'm like looking at and stuff that it wasn't street photography. And like you, same thing. Uh, I got laid off from my other part time job in September, which was a lot of me going into downtown Brooklyn, bringing my camera and, you know, having a reason to walk out in the streets, unlike today, <laughs> yeah. but having a reason to like go to the subway and, and see unique people and, and take pictures. And I haven't done any of that. Uh, certainly less so since I got um, uh, laid off because I'm not purposely having to go, I, I have to now purposely go out and do stuff. But, you know, obviously now in, in, in the COVID time, I haven't been going out that much at all doing street photography because there's nobody out. There's nobody out to photograph and everybody's wearing a mask, you know. So uh, I, I really don't like that kind of photography. It doesn't fit what I'm doing. I want to see faces, expressions and stuff like that. And masks don't do anything. Anyway. Blah blah blah. Was <laughs> side sidetrack right. for a second. Uh, um, blah, 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 laid off. Right. So street photography. Boom. Done. So I'm taking pictures of other things, but I'm looking at the older pictures that are not street photography. Uh, some of the projects you might have seen me putting up, like the chairs and the fire hydrants and yeah, the the debris and stuff like that, which I love to take. I've always been taking those, but I'm looking back at those things like, and I They're went back awesome. in my catalog. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I look back. I'd like at my to talk back... about them for when you have a minute. Actually, uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went back, actually further back, and I, I I noticed I was taking shots of chairs for a long time. So that's why I was actually scanning my back catalog. I was actually looking. Did I take any chairs? Did I take any chairs? And please, I hope the next version of Lightroom has got some artificial intelligence or better artificial intelligence, so I can do like type in a chair and it would pop up. Right. Because I don't want to look through 850,000 pictures to try to find two chairs. Um, but anyway, this story is getting longer. But I, I, as I switched to the new computer, and I might have said this a zillion times already, but I've been doing more mobile workflow with my photographs, mainly because I've been going out. And I go to the coffee shop, and I got the thing in it. And now, like, I, I haven't been going out. I got this new machine. The screen is to die for, right? Yeah, and and the screen part of the thing I like about processing on my phone is that the screen is really sharp, and the pictures just look fantastic. When I look at my old screens, my old Dell monitors on my old Mac mm -hmm. Pro, or even um, even on my Mac 
MacBook Pro. I have, a, I have sorry, I've attached to a to a Dell computer, a two K Dell computer, and they actually look, don't look too bad on that. But compared to looking at uh, on a Retina screen, the, the you know photographs look just beautiful. So this iMac has got a Retina screen. I'm like, they look fantastic. Mm. So I'm like now drawn back to my screen and my desktop and computer. I'm not going out. I got to sit here in front of my computer. And then I just upgraded rel relatively recently to Capture One version 20. And I was like, well, now's a good time to start playing with that more. Mm -hmm. And I started playing with that. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I, I, I love Lightroom. I use it. You know, there are problems with it and there are things I don't like, about it, especially with Fuji, the way it renders Fuji files. It's not great. But uh, when Capture One comes in and I look at those files that are pulled, uh, produced by that, I'm like, they're fantastic. And so now, mm -hmm. the other night, and I posted the pictures up in our in our uh, on Facebook, but in our photographer group, the shots of clouds. Right. I did. I, I you know I reprocessed those using Capture One, and mainly as a, like a, a way for me to get practicing. And I was like, this is crazy. So I'm now glued back to my screen, right? Um, back to the computer because there's no point of doing processing on my phone because I'm in my house, so I can right do it on my computer. Right. Uh, but uh, I, and again, for my criteria is to just I don't know to do I am I seeing things differently? Um, my back catalog I'm going through are more recent, so it might I feel like I'm not much of a different person from the past two years. Right. Uh, so I'm not looking at them that much differently. Like I said, if I go back into the further past, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to look at that stuff. It just, you know, the further back I go, the less likely I don't want. Yeah. I, don't see it. yeah. I, I would like to go back through my negatives. Right? Oh yeah. I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching YouTube videos about, you know, I mean, I don't know why I know how to scan my negatives with a light box and a camera, but it's fun to watch other people figure things out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, thinking like, oh, I should buy a light panel. Actually, I should get a light panel because I need something with, with better lighting and then just set up some kind of thing to scan my negatives with my camera, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, again, it's like a, it's another thing to do. It's like uh, on top of all the other stuff we have to do. But so anyway, I'm doing that. So the, this long story, but I think getting this new computer is now bringing me back to the computer. I didn't think I would ever do this again, but this is the, the, the predicament we're in. We're stuck at home. I'm stuck at home. I got this beautiful screen in front of me. I've got 800 and f or actually more now, but like 900,000 shots sitting in front of me. There's got to be some other stuff in there uh, that I just missed. But, you know, it, kept, it got me thinking that, you know, we're like, and I've probably said this before, like we're always constantly trying to make new pictures. New, yeah. new, new, new. Go out, shoot, new. Uh, go to the train, shoot more people sitting on the steps, you know, like new, new, post the new shots. And like, geez, I got, you know, I'm leaving all this stuff in the, in, in the dust. Like you, you're, you're talking about, you got all this stuff behind you mm. and, and you can look at it differently. You can look at it differently as a, cause you're a different person now. In fact, you stepped far enough away from the pictures. I'm sure you can, uh, look at them with a, with a sort of, um, a very objective eye now. Yeah. Make the, the decisions that you, well, the des decision to select them is different, you know, any one image and also the way you would post-process them is, or is, or can be different. Yeah. I mean, and that, again, is based on different sensibilities. You've read a lot more, seen exhibits, you've read a lot more books since mm -hmm. the last time you've, you've got different things in your mind going on and, uh, uh, yeah. 
can yeah. can uh, well cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into that because one of the things I want to talk to you about. You had posted a shot. Did you do it in our group? Uh, yeah, you did. Right, you posted the books that you got. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so a said, couple of you got shelves. And then, you got your pandemic reading. You said or something like that. Oh oh my uh, yeah, the ones that I've got uh, upstairs, not in the basement, in the in the kind of the storage the storage bookshelf. Yeah. But I've got five, I usually have five or six books on the main floor of our home um, that I just kind of go to um, every now and then to, to look at. Um, so, so you want me? What's the first? Yes. Yeah, what's the, the first yeah, one? Let's yeah, do a back first... and forth because I got a couple too. So Okay. So the first one I got, these are all books I got in the past year. In fact, I probably got, yeah, in the past year. Um, there's three of them I want to talk about. The first one's called... Um, Masters of Street, and it's edited by a guy called Rob Yarum. And what he's done is he's picked, I guess, the more recent practitioners of street photography who mm-hmm. actually some of them uh, that he's highlighted, like Alan Schaller, I, I really only know him from, uh, from Instagram. And he does these very strong black and white graphic images of architecture and people and people within the scale of, of their surroundings and so on. Uh, also, your um, 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 the guy that you uh, really enjoy, Jay Maisel, he's in there. Uh, let's see, who else? Sally Jay's Davies. In Jay's oh. in there, yeah. Um, Ed Peters, Alexi Titarenko, Martin Weitz, or, Vol- or Waltz. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Um, and some of the names I haven't heard... Um, but I, I would leave uh, anyway. It's called Masters of Street Photography. It's uh, you can find it on Amazon or I think uh, I'm not sure. I think it's even in in some books, some kind of mainstream bookstores as well. Once they're open again, and you can go in. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. it's a good mix of interesting, strong images. That if if someone was going to ask you, I have no idea, you know, what street photography. You could say, here's an example of what would uh, uh, somebody with our sensibilities and you know, 2020 or, you know, first part of the 21st century, here's what people think street photography is, as opposed to that mid-century stuff that we, guys like you and I kind of hark back to. We talk about mm-hmm. Winogrand and all those sorts of things. This is kind of a more modern, a more current take on it. And there's discussion with the photographers. There's there's lots to read. It's not just, pr- it's not just pictures. Oh, really? Um, oh, and I, really I uh, yeah, so... In terms of number of pictures, um, it, it's it's a good mix. It's a good mix of number of pictures. Uh, they try to distill as best they can, which you can't really, but it gives you a good idea for each individual photographer. They get a spread of five or six or eight pages with sometimes one image, sometimes two images or more on each page. So there's enough of you based on the description of, the, of, of, of that photographer and how they work and then some of their representative street work. It's really good. I mean, if it's something that there's some budding street photographer, like a nephew or a niece or something who wants to try it out, you know, it could either lend it, lend them one of these or give them uh, to a, for a Christmas or, or a birthday gift. It's actually really good. That sounds uh, like something I need to pick up. Yeah, I, uh, I would, I would agree. And, uh, so that's the first book. Um, and what what are the you said the discussions are they like question and answer are they essays by the photographer what's the what's the text? Well, let's see. Um, there's one American photographer, George Giorgio. He I believe he's from the 
he's an Englishman. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the U.S. to take pictures of people lined up waiting for parades to start. <laughs> so Fourth of July parades, uh, gay pride parades, Martin Luther King birthday, uh, Martin Luther King Day parades. And he has this, because he's not from the States, he has this like, you know, this uh, this otherness, this uh, this outsider. And in, in his case, there's a question and answer. Um, the editor has asked him some questions, and they're they're nice, thoughtful answers. Where he talks about his his point his point of view. Um, I'll just get I'll I'll just read you the four questions that, that George was asked. How's sure. your style developed over the years? How do you set about choosing a theme for one of your series? Why did you choose a style of shot for your series in the company of strangers and reverting to black and white? And what uh, techniques did you use to photograph the parades? Like, kind of basic, just kind of straight, specific mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. that that gives a photographer an idea to answer. And in that way, it's really it's really kind of a window into each of these guys and gals. So I'm uh, I really appreciate this. And if you don't want to do all the reading, and if you're like me, just read it. You know, read it for the pictures. You can do that too. Those are those are four questions I need to answer for myself. So maybe I need to pick up this book and see how other people who have been doing this for perhaps longer than I have, or maybe even more in in into it. I, it's not the right word. I can't come up with a phrase. Yeah. Uh, because I'm actually I'm looking at a page. What am I looking at right now? The Street Pete StreetRepeat dot org has a has a review of the book. Uh, and I'm looking at some of the pictures, and I'm like, you know, uh, wow, <laughs> they're like they're really good. Um, yeah. And uh, this is one shot. I'm gonna get the guy's name, Alexei Titarenko. Uh, Titarenko of these yeah. two figures on a on a on a on a street, almost like ghostly figures. Two, I think, two women or an older woman and a child or something like that. Yeah. And. Um, I'm just oh man. I'm drawn to that stuff, but like that is that is he does much that different long kind of street exposure. Photography. Yeah, 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 he's medium exposure. format, and then he has the he has the shutter open for seconds or minutes. Yeah, there's also yeah. someone who's. Uh, it says the uh, the book's sixteen contributors are split right down the middle, with eight shooting in black and white, and the other eight in color. Stylistically diverse, uh, fine art aesthetic of uh, Titarenko. Um, spectral long exposures of St. Petersburg. Oh, St. Petersburg. Uh, then it goes into uh, Marina Sursale. Shoots mm-hmm. on her iPhone and processes it in hipstamatic in a cool postmodern twist. Their images come out with the same film or film noir look. Uh, hold that thought about hipstamatic because uh, I, I have some books too that I got. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so. We know at the beginning of this uh, pandemic lockdown, um, a friend of mine, Robert Herman, uh, took his own life. And he, uh, you know, if you listen to the show, you you heard my story about it or saw my YouTube channel about it. Mm. Um, and he had his his first book was The New Yorkers, which I highly recommend if you're in the street photography. Uh, and even just like the history of New York in the um, 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, he had come out with a second, actually he was working on a third book, uh, before he died, um, with the Neapolitans about Italy. But between that, he came out with a book called the phone book, um, which is his 
uh, iPhone um, photography. And I uh, realized I didn't own this book. I have his, his New Yorker book, but I realized I didn't have this one. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to go out to the store. So I hunted down on Amazon. It wasn't too badly priced. It took a while for me to get it. I think it came in from, came in from Europe. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it's a teeny book. It's like uh, 8 by 8 inches. Uh, so it's done in you know square format, and it's a lot thicker than I thought it would be. It was a lot a lot more pictures in this book than I expected it. I I don't know why I never saw this book, hmm. um, and I always intended to get it, and I really sorry I didn't get him to sign it. Um, but uh, the uh, the we were in a photographer group together way back when uh, when I first met him, and we were in the group for a few you know like four or five years, six years. Uh, and the iPhone came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went, when that iPhone came out and then the second version or the third version came out, I decided to sell my iPhone, my first one. I should have kept it, but maybe I'm glad I did it because I sold it to Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, just sold it because I needed the money to buy a new one. Right. And if if we remember those first cameras in the first um, iPhones were were nothing to write home about at all, but they were cameras in a phone, and there was all this stuff in the phone with you to do processing and stuff like that. And I think early on when Hipstamatic and all these apps started to come out, I think Robert really hooked into uh, the iPhone um, photography. And I just want to read something from the open opening forward uh, in the book. Oh, I don't have my glasses on. So I won't screw this up. Um, who wrote the opening? Hang on here. Marianne Lynch. Um, I'm not sure who she is in relationship. I just haven't read the book yet. But in the forward, she says, The phone book, Robert Herman's engaging second monograph, features more than 120 iPhone photographs Herman made throughout the world from 2010 to 2015. His extensive travel odyssey included New York City, other cities in the United States, and images made in Canada, Mexico, France, Turkey, South Africa, Abu Dhabi, and more. I think there's some a lot of in, from in Italy in here too. So I'm just going to skip a little bit here. Uh, seeing those images again from early in his career and believing it is the photographer, not the camera, that makes the photograph, inspired Herman to begin photographing news of the iPhone and the Hipstamatic app. In a recent telephone interview, he explained, quote, I was looking for a way to refresh my photography. I become tired of shooting with a DSLR and 35 and the 35 millimeter rectangle. I was still in love with the look of Kodachrome, the Kodak, unfortunately, taking it out of production, and I was looking for a digital equivalent. In 2010, I discovered the Hipstamatic app. Uh, the app imitated old analog film stocks and camera lenses in a square format, and fixed lens uh, and the fixed lens of the iPhone reminded me of my early days of shooting with a Nikon F and a 50 millimeter lens. So uh, he's taken his his wonderful way of looking at the world, translating it through Hipstamatic or whatever you know app he was using. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, and uh, the, all this work is color uh, in the book, and it's it's kind of like just all over the place: Argentina, Santa Monica, France. A lot of reflections, a lot of shooting through glass. Um, uh, a lot of shadows, a lot of people, but um, it's. I found this stuff really, really refreshing, and to know the 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 context of the time that it came in. So it's really kind of the beginning of when people are starting to 
take the the um, camera on the phone seriously. Uh, you know, he's like th within three or four years of the iPhone coming out, he's using it as uh, a way to break out of this, like the doldrums of uh, and the constrictions uh, that he found with with regular cameras. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, we think of phones as being limiting creativity, but I think all of us in our in our unusual collective, certainly me, Mark, and you, um, it's it's been a different tool for creativity completely, and we get satisfying results out of it, and we love using it. I I am exactly the same. I mean, I feel I feel that I will get this like desire to just. Um, uh, well, a not carry a bunch of crap with me, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and and you know it's both restricting and 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 not at the same time. The 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 um, iPhone is, or well, I was just say camera phones in general, but with the absence of like that is like a, a, an endless world of of creativity, like all mm -hmm. within this little box in my hands. And I keep, you know, I you and me are are of the generation where we've lived through all this stuff and we've seen film and the beginning of digital and then you know this this whole photo studio in your hand kind of thing mm -hmm. to to actually appreciate that you know and I, I still sit there and i marvel at it i'm like i can't believe i'm sitting here and using lightroom and processing my picture while i'm walking down the street that i just took on the corner you know? yeah and like i and, used to say that contrast slider is a whole friday evening <laughs> yes. in the dark room right <laughs> yeah <clears throat> and you know uh and to see that robert really took it um like right away, you know, uh, uh, and, and and found himself being freed with it. So it's a really good book. I really recommend it. It's printed well. It's a nice size. The book, the cover is the com most compelling thing. Is the shot of this uh, on a beach, this little girl uh, in a bathing suit in a big plastic bubble. And it and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about what's going on today. And it's so interesting to like hmm. look at pictures that are not have nothing to do with today, but the context that I'm looking at it and, you know, she's in this bubble six feet away from like maybe her sibling. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I guess it's one of those bubbles that you go in the water with. Um, okay. Zorb or whatever they call them. Is that I don't know. I don't know. Okay. what that is. I, I, I know it's a sphere think. thing that you, yeah, know, it's you covered with hills in it. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's a clear <laughs> sphere and it's covered with sand. So I think she was rolling around on the beach and you right. can't see her face and, there's just these ghostly figures on it, and and just considering, gosh, it's really, hmm, it's, mm. it's so interesting just knowing, like that on the cover, and just knowing some of Robert's um, personality, uh, yeah. and seeing it, gosh, God, there's just there's a lot here. So I mean, it means a lot to more to me because yeah. I knew him, and and of this tragedy. There's no there's no. Um, commentary by the photographer in this book it's just uh it's just let me just make sure yeah yeah no nope there's author's note in the back but it, it's just pictures yeah it's just pictures and locations so uh it's just another eye into you know and what, what I, I get worried about is that people who are listening to this or might want to get the book will look at this and it's like oh i've seen this stuff on instagram already i'm like well you know well, that's, that's the... part yeah, there's a physical experience of having a book. It's an experience going through well, a book. Yeah, and I just don't mean like seeing his stuff on Instagram, but like like when the, looking at the street photography in the book you're just talking about, like you start to look at it and you start seeing repeating styles and stuff. And, and mm -hmm. is it just, are, are we getting, do we get tired of the stuff? Do we just get jaded by it? Like, oh, well, yeah, I've seen 
how many you know silhouettes against colored walls can I look at you know or or you know weird juxtapositions yeah um, and I, I well, as Mark would say um, you just need a better one <laughs> <laughs> you know that's it's sort of like yeah we've seen lots of one can you do one if you could do and you know could you do a better one yeah I, I like that I think that you know, so, it's part of the limitation. I was going to say when you were talking about the limit, we were talking about limitations of the, of the phone. You know, you you find that you know make you hear you hear directors and 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 uh, other creatives uh, talk about them being limited by something, and the whole the whole blossom of creativity came from working within those limitations. And I think the phone is one of those things where. Sure, you've got you've got all these tools after the fact, but you're like, okay, I can I really have to mm -hmm. use my my leg zoom to get closer, or get further away, and capture what I need to do, and frame yeah. it and shoot it, and yeah. you know, I think that's that's certainly part of it. But this the whole thing of all the creativity happens within the boundaries of those limitations that you have. Yeah, yeah. things important. So, what's the next book you got? The next book is a kind of a. Um, it's a little on the dark side. It's called Mexico Between Life and Death. It's by an American photographer, Harvey Stein, and it's all black and white. And uh, black and white pictures of Mexico have interest for me because mm -hmm. of my trip there early last year. Um, the wh What I find interesting, there are several things that I find interesting about it. Um, it the, the pictures are reproduced uh with a very deep kind of inky blacks, almost uh -huh. like it was done in charcoal. Uh -huh. um, as I said, it was it's kind of dark. There isn't a lot of smiling. Um, there's, you know, kids out on the street with toy guns. There's um, pictures of people bracing or covering their ears when fireworks are going off, which I imagine is done in celebration, but there's no real context of that in the uh -huh. picture. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Um, people who have fallen in the street. I'm making this sound much worse than it is. Uh, kids <laughs> walking through... around with masks and day of you know in the day of the yeah. death. Um, I mean, I'm looking at some of the pictures in one of the, in a review here, so I can. Yeah, so I there, hear what you're there, talking about, but it yeah, you it's it, it, it's, it's dark, but not as dark. Yeah, as it's you not, and and there's you know there's a, a, I, I presume a florist, and she's got an arrangement of flowers, and she's smiling into the camera. Uh, but it's very much um, uh, it, it, the way he's he's gone through his work. He's definitely he's did, I, I guess the way I would put it, he's he's kind of squeezing the dark juice out of the place. I guess is the expression <laughs> that I would use. Um, I think it's interesting um, because having visited Mexico and in, in a city in the interior of Mexico, not a beach town. Um, I sort of have a feeling for, um, for for what that's like with the cut stone streets and the colonial churches and you know that are 300 years old and so on, and the you know long shadows in the in the morning and the evening and so on, um, and the almost no shadows at noon, uh, which is um, you know a novelty for me being a Canadian. Uh -huh. uh, I like it because it's different from the. Mexico pictures I'm trying to shoot. I'm trying to be the, I'm trying to shoot through a kind of an idealistic filter. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to 
make it a kind of a happy travel document sort of that's kind of an oversimplification but the stuff that i'm doing what what harvey's doing and he's been visiting mexico for a long time so he's got he's got his own kind of uh visual vocabulary for for what he sees and i just like how it, it is way different than than uh than my my work and mm -hmm. making me think about locales and you know things that i've seen that i hadn't shot or maybe exploring a darker a darker aspect to it was certainly there when i was there i just chose not to shoot it do you think um, can i ask you, you think the darkness comes from the way the pictures are presented too yeah well that adds to it but uh, yeah. you look at the subject matter right that people are not smiling there's um there's definitely a, a kind of a, a labor to the way people are presented um uh you know, people tend to look, you know, in the tired heat of the day and so on. And there's some pictures that are sort of cynical of, you know, politicians. And I guess there's one kind of a cardboard cutout of, I guess, a developer or a hotel manager with, um, with his, with, uh, I guess they, they look like catalogs of the hotel that he's pitching. Anyway, it's just, it's just kind of presented as a weird juxtaposition to, uh, a policeman and, a, and another citizen up against the wall behind them and the policeman's looking at his pistol like it's just it's a little bit different just a little different perspective on things I'm looking at some of the shots and, and uh, just a few this is one of this guy where the hat and a machete uh standing looking at the camera yeah uh and he's got he's like you just see his eyes underneath the rim of the hat and his face is a little uh i can describe it it's it's a smile but not a happy smile like uh, or a grin or just like on the way he's not he's not grimacing but he's no. like this look like i'm like i'm gonna get you and he's not holding the machete in a menacing way but you see this this huge blade mm -hmm. and what I'm noticing about the shot is that I'm really drawn into like continuously look at it. Like there's more and more stuff. It's just this right. guy, yeah. but like his shoes or what are passing his shoes, you know, you look at it and like they're homemade and then, then you're drawn to the ground that he's standing on and these sort of uh, twigs and dead flowers and this rocky stuff. And it's just, I, I noticed that in this picture and a few other shots that it's not enough to just look at it for a second. No, you know, you're, you're, no. There's more. The more you stay with it, the more there is. And the, I mean, there's the photography is simple. Yeah, it's and it, it's it's great. And and just to to go on with that point, with your last point, you go. I go through this book, and one of the reasons why I have it up there is, I see different things every time I go through it. I come out with a different feeling of what I've seen. Yeah. Initially, it was resistance from. Like, why, why are you making this so dark? It's not that dark. Well, it is, it is that dark a place in places, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So why not document that? Where I have just had this, you know, the blinders on trying to do this happy, um, uh, this happy perception. Of, It'll be of, interesting to see Harvey's first trip to Mexico shots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean... I don't know if he started off this dark when he first started shooting. That's a good point. Or whatever he was doing. So, I mean, once this stuff is over, I'm guessing you're planning to go back uh, when you're Oh, able. yeah. I, yeah. And I've, I've, yeah, as soon as I can, I would like to go back. So I'm really it's, curious what influenced his uh, changes over time. Like, 
if he if he was going for however many years, what has he seen in the interim that changed his outlook in coming back to Mexico and, and recording it in the way he did? Yeah, I'll just read you a paragraph from uh, from his foreword here. He said, the images show fragments of what Mexico is, a country of incredible contrasts and contradictions. Mexico is about piercing deep, uh, sorry, about piercing light and deep shadow of stillness and quick explosiveness of massive tradition and creeping progress of the great religious belief, but with the corruption as a way, but with corruption as a way of life. It is a land pulsating with life, a country so close to the United States, yet so far away a country with more than 50% of its population under 20 years old, but where age is revered. So, you know, that's, that kind of puts it into perspective. It's also interesting as the little, the little blurb at the beginning before the title page, he quotes Susan Sontag. Um, just one sentence here. I've lost it. One moment. <laughs> he says, uh, this is, he's quoting Susan Sontag. She said, strictly speaking, there is never any understanding in a photograph, but only an invitation to fantasy and speculation. Mm. So there's this kind of, all right, then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get, you know, and it was part of, part, you know, it's definitely part of Sontag's um, um, perspective on photography. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was interesting, too. So an interesting book, maybe not for everybody, but I'm certainly glad I have it in my collection because it is... Uh, it is a kind of a, I don't know, maybe singular is too strong a word, but a definite perspective on, on a place. It's all about the place and the people. Um, and in and, and that way, it certainly has my attention and it has my, has my uh, interest. It says he's uh, made, four, he said, 14 trips between t uh, 1993 and 2010. Uh, I don't know if he went more than that um, after 2010, but... That's a lot of trips. Um, see, every time I talk to you now, I got to buy more books. Jeez. Sorry, man. It's okay. I'm not spending my money on other things. I live to serve. <laughs> but uh, I, um, a book like this where I can spend time looking at the pictures in depth uh, and finding new things in each picture, they're, they're really compelling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I also like the way it sounds like it was printed. I like I like books with those with those deep blacks. Yeah, yeah. You uh, get in spades with this one, and I like dark black spade. Yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely a book worth having. Um, I'm yeah, I like it a lot. It grew on me. I didn't like it at first mm -hmm. um, because of like I said, my recent experience visiting there, but. I sort of like, I get what you're saying. You know, if if yeah. I was sitting across from him, I go, I get what you're saying, but you know, mm. can't we go over here? You know, but no, I like, I like it a lot. Uh, was it expensive? No. Can't be. Uh, I don't remember. It's in the, yeah. it's in the 40 buck us range. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Somewhere I could spend 40 bucks on a book. I, <sighs> I'm trying to get rid of books on my shelf. And of course my wife is going to be like, but you're putting more books on. <laughs> oh, it's on sale at Amazon right now, thirty three fifty three for the hardcover, which is oh okay, all right. Well, uh, speaking of dark, <laughs> okay, the book I've got is not a new book. I I was just I knew I wanted to talk about books today. I wanted to pull something off the shelf that I guess make people aware of. But I was like, God, I haven't looked at this in a long time. Um, there's a book called Full Moon by Michael Light. Uh, 
and um, the, the, I first became aware of this of this guy's work at the uh, let me just get the name right before I said it. it used to be the Hayden Planetarium in New York, but it's the uh, Rose Center for Earth and Space, which is basically our planetarium in uh, up uh, up next to the uh, Museum of Natural History uh, in next to the Central Park. Uh, there was an exhibit of of these prints. Now I'm not describing them yet. You know, you know it has something to do with the moon, but I went and saw this show, and the prints on the wall they were huge. They were big. Uh, and they were beautiful. They were done, um, they were printed in an iris print. I don't know what they were printed in, an iris print with Hanamule paper or whatever, but wow. they were they were gorgeous. And so the, the thing about this, they're shots of the moon, right? What's so interesting about them? Uh, I want to get into the whole story about it, but basically he was able to get access to the master duplicates of the moon, uh, the, the photographs that were taken on the moon. So... Uh, the moon, the astronauts go up, they fly around the moon, they land on the moon, they take pictures, they come back, they got the negatives, right? Those negatives were developed and they were never touched until they, like, they made what were called master duplicates of those. Okay. Then the, so the, first uh, generation copy of the negatives. First generation copy. The originals are kept in cold storage, never right. to be touched again right. or something like that. So everything is coming out of these master dupes. Now the master dupes are also, they're, uh, they're not given to the public at all because mm -hmm. those are the things that <laughs> if they get screwed up, they got to go back to the originals. Right. So those master dupes are very, very, very hard to get a hold of or even, you know, we can't just walk and say, I'd like to see the master dupes. Well, he was able to get uh, access to these master dupes and he scanned them uh, early. You know, this, I can't remember when the book was, uh, when was it done? 99. 99, 99. So, you know, poof a while ago, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so he scanned them and he printed them and he and he restored them a little bit. There's some pictures that have some restoration, but he's trying to present the pictures as they would have been seen the um, uh, the way the original negatives have been seen. They were not they're not cleaned up. There's a there was a really ethereal look to a lot of the pictures, the way they were shot and or the way they were developed. And uh, so the show, and they're all black and white, or the show was black and white as I remember. I remember if they're being color shots. I have to look through the, I've got the book here. I do have the book here. Uh, a friend of mine gave this uh, to us for our wedding. Let's see if there's any. No, there's color shots. There's color shots. But they were, you know, it's presented these moon shots as if they were works of art. And they are, they were so blown away mm. by the prints. And so when I got the book, the book is printed. It's beautiful, and it, it, a lot of the shots are the shots. Some of them are the ones that you've seen before, right? Uh, but a lot of them are the ones you haven't seen, right? There's, there's, uh, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Just shots of like a, a part of the moon that you would never seen. Just like angles of the moon, on the, uh, you know, yes. And they, we did land on the moon. <laughs> People who didn't think we land on the moon. Um, so the book is beautiful. It, and and uh, it, it, there's a couple of pages that pull out. They had, they made these giant panoramics. So he stitched some of them together to these panoramics of the landscape and stuff like that. Wow. And uh, there's a whole bunch of text about how the, you know, about the moon landings and the pictures they were taking. You know, um, so there is some stuff to read in it, but mostly the things are, uh, are are the photographs of the moon. And And I just pulled it out because I haven't looked at it in a while. And... 
you know, it it just for some reason that the the magnificent desolation. Someone who said that, like one of the astronauts that said that about yeah, being up there, uh, and how it kind of fits again. The, you know, looking everything through the the glasses of where we are now. You know, and 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 translating it. Uh, you know, the the moon pictures, the re reconstruction of them through this like idea of like being isolated. <laughs> right. Um, and and being able to see other landscapes, be able to travel to other places, you know, like looking at photographs and stuff like that. Anyway, it's a it's a fantastic book, and and I do see that the hardcover is on sale, or on um, Amazon for twenty bucks. And if yeah. this if it's this book, if it's the same version of this book, this book weighs like five pounds, and it's like twelve by twelve, so it's a square book, and. Again, the pictures are presented mostly without text, so it's just like the shadow of an astronaut, the sun, um, sun flare, the lunar module, like this little teeny tiny lunar module, and this giant gray landscape as it's as it's landing. Um, what else in here? Cool. It uh, says in the blurb here, graced by five forty-five inch wide gatefolds. Yes, they're they're the lunar in there. Landscape. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in some of the pictures, like he he did say that he retouched like four of them, where he removed a couple of distracting things, and one of them he removed the little, um, you know, each of the crosshairs. pictures have those little the crosshairs. Yeah. But he like here's a I'm looking at a picture. It's a blurry shot, a close up of uh, one of the astronauts had left a uh, portraits of their family, uh, in a plastic bag on the surface of the moon, and the picture I'm looking at is a close up of this photograph and it's blurry because it's not quite sharp right so the faces are blurry and it looks ghosty um but if you love shots of the moon like this is it's just again the fires up your imagination fires up my imagination i should say mm. uh and it really makes that those pictures um you know it doesn't it crosses that line between you know factual documents and and art and art yeah and oh, i, I cool. don't even know where to draw the line when you look at this work like is it art and is it i mean it's both in a sense you know so yeah. i it's i highly recommend it. like transmitting awe right it's it's a thing that you know it's yeah yeah very cool and it, it also just reminded me of that picture uh, i had talked about it um shoot i think i talked about it on bart's episode bart had us me and another guest talk about pictures that were very influential or something like that and there's the shot of that um buzz aldrin took of neil armstrong just oh, as yeah, he had yeah. come in to the uh uh lem after the first moonwalk and he had taken his helmet off and you could see that uh uh neil armstrong's eyes are watering yeah and you know you and he's smiling too so uh, you know, you could think, well, his eyes are tired or something like that. But I like to interpret that shot as the the fact that he just came in from this alien world, and all he could do was just smile and cry yeah. at the same time. Oh, and, that's uh, very cool. Yeah, and I get that a little bit of that sense when I look at this book. I get that you know, uh, it's close as I'll ever get to the moon. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but that. I get that kind of feeling. And I certainly had that feeling when I saw the prints, when I saw this in an ex exhibit. So um, highly recommend it, you know. So, anyway, Very that's cool. Those are my, what's your next book? 
my next book, I think it's my last book, um, it's called Long Story Short. It is a, I guess really it's a catalog from a show that the Frankel Gallery, the Frankel Gallery is in, oh my goodness, San Francisco. San Francisco, I think, yeah. And this guy, Jeffrey Frankel, he's, he, it's, it's a privately run gallery and he just goes around and buys and picks whatever kind of pictures he feels like from, you know, famous pictures by, uh, Deanne Arbus to found photographs that just happened to go on sale or that were found, um, pictures of Robert Adams of cars in Denver, um, just different different you could say eclectic there's one picture here it's kind of one of my favorites by lee friedlander who was apparently in banff banff canada he oh, took really? a picture of the street corner <laughs> that i know really well from the town it was taken in 1974 so you're like i'm going to google earth i'm going to find out what's going on that may at that corner now that there's a there's a um a little film lab there a little kodak film lab there that i don't think is there anymore but it's just it's just one one guy's collection um, of of stuff that he's you know just taken out of his storage in his gallery and decided to show that showed a little bit of the diversity of the art and um, I see a moonshot there on the yeah, wall. Yeah, that's a picture of Buzz in front of the flag. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. On the day <laughs> of, yeah, that same yeah. day. Yeah. So. Wow. Oh, wow. What. Uh... Uh, how did you come across this and what drew you to it? Well, this is my friend, John at the camera store. Uh, mm -hmm. he said, you should look at this and he put it in my hand. <laughs> and first of all, it's this red and it's got this, it's, it's got this kind of velour-y kind of soft, fuzzy, um, cover. Mm -hmm. And it's, in, it's got this picture of a, I guess it's a Macy's day parade picture of a, of a dinosaur that bunch of people walking under it, holding it down on the ground so it doesn't float away. And then it's all, all embossed with gold, with gold text. And, um, it's like I say, it was, it was meant to be, uh, um, you know, handed out or something that you could purchase when you went to see this exhibit. I think it was in, let's see, it should say on the back when the exhibit was, there's a lot of humor in these pictures too. Um, so, I mean, what brings them together? Just the fact that uh, uh, Frankl collected them? Yeah. Okay. So he, yeah, and there's, there. I think there's some works that are on loan. I'm not sure. But it's nice. It has a little uh, bibliography in the back just uh, of, the you know, the various images and books that were referenced and where things were taken from. Um, well, speaking of moon stuff, there's a, the very last picture is um, from... 1894 and it's a picture of um, um i guess it'd be sea of sea of tranquility mm -hmm. oh. um loey uh loey and puzo i guess the french photographers photographie lunaire lunaire mer de la serenité so it's uh it's a it's a moon picture taken through a telescope at high magnification it's not as good as as uh, Michael Light's transcriptions, but it's pretty cool. You were like, this is if you saw a picture like this, you'd have the same awe, you know, in eighteen ninety four. Right. Wow. wow. Just just all the just whatever he, uh, you know, whatever tickled his fancy, and it's 
you know, it's sort of like the street photographer thing and that you get to change gears when you look from one photographer to another. Here it's one page to the next. William Eggleston, there's a picture of a woman, uh, an older woman, blonde hair, carrying a brown purse, walking into a shadow, looking down, or eyes closed. And she's walking out, I guess, along the strip there. There's a casino and kind of an empty field across the street from her that was taken in, uh, it says circa 1965 to 1971. <laughs> so at some point, so, no, it's, there's just a lot going on here, and, and it's inspiration. Um, it's just inspiration in short bursts, right? Just this one image. Um, they, can, they can set you off, and then you like it or not, and then you turn the page, and then there's another one. Um, I just, I, I, I enjoy the, these kind of books immensely because they're, uh, they're kind of like, um, how would I put it? Um, you know, you roll the dice and you don't know what you're going to get. You get something else. Um, just, just classic. It's a catalog, pictures. though, for the exhibit. It's a catalog right? for the show, yeah. But uh, so, what do you? Just, and this is kind. Of, I'm looking at the pictures, uh, and you've been looking at them a lot longer than I do because you have the book. Yeah. But do you see any like common thing that drew all those together? Like that? Like if you could say something about the guy who's collecting them, he was like, oh, well, he likes this or he's doing that i mean do you see something yeah i mean he's really attracted to people in the frame right there's yeah most of the pictures are people um and and there's some uh contextual pictures um some of the later ones there's an alex south picture from uh called dallas city illinois 2002 and it's the it's a wall that's been painted blue and then a bodybuilder's body kind of painted on. Uh, and then there's a smudge across the trunks of the, of the bodybuilder and oh, by the way, the bodybuilder has no head and no feet. So it's just, just disembodied, almost floating oh, yeah. Yeah. weirdness going on there. And it's just like a, you know, that's deep, the deep blue of the wall and uh, this, this kind of, half pattern half recognizable human form um so i guess I'm looking I will, at it now it looks like an unfinished like it's un, it's totally unfinished right yeah it's like yeah. um some teenagers were setting up a gym or something in that room and they just didn't you know they had to leave before they finished the artwork on the wall i don't know i'm just <laughs> you know making stuff up um but yeah no it's 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 fascinating there's some slice of life stuff there's there's a picture, a Nan Golden picture from 1979 of four boys in the front seat of a convertible. And one of them on the right-hand side of the frame is looking back at the camera. It's a clearly flash picture taken in the middle of the night. And there's such a kind of a snapshot of these, you know, hooligans driving around. Drivers drinking beer. Drivers drinking one. a beer, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. got a cigarette there. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, it's just, it's the shifting context. I mean, if, if you like, I mean, if you like the, a monograph, sort of like the, the, the Mexico book where it's one guy's point of view in a place where he's kind of giving you um, um, a perspective in one subject matter. This is not mm -hmm. that. This is, mm -hmm. this is kind of all over the place. But you could see if you're walking around the gallery and you saw these pictures, you would be you'd be in a different bubble for every picture you stood in front of. Mm, mm. And, uh, and that's, that, that's the appeal of this one. It's different than the other. I mean, one of the reasons why I picked,
picked these three books was because they are so different and then I can depending on my mood or whatever or you know I can just pick one of these books and go through and have a different experience and I don't you know go I don't with a book like this I don't usually go from one end to the other I'll just kind of so thumb through, the, through it thumb through it yeah yeah so yeah. this was a good pick for me as a different processes a different uh, different eras different different contexts yeah i'm looking at it and it does have that feel of being in a gallery uh or a museum where you're just seeing just different pieces as you move around yeah and being that we're not going out anywhere it seems like a nice um substitute for for going to a gallery you know to have this uh see a book like this i love these collages there's some collages there yeah let me see if um, i can find it here I can't see who the photographer is. There's no, uh, there's no, uh, there's no way for me to read it. But one's a black and white uh, portrait of a man. Looks very, uh, I'm sure Mac would love it. Looks very Picasso-esque in a way. Right. Um, but it's very distinct. It, actually, it's really cool. The more I look at it, again, it's another one of those images that you can just keep looking at and seeing. I don't Some know this book well enough to go straight to it. I'm usually, uh, yeah. You say it's a collage of. Yeah, there's a well. I'm looking at the gallery wall, and there's two collages. Um, uh, one's a color one, and the other one's a black and white square, like a portrait. Okay. And uh, it's just a nice. It's interesting to see this, like you know, obviously analog pre-photoshop or even just not photoshop just someone taking pictures and and uh and piecing them all together to create a cohesive whole uh certainly gives me some ideas i've never done that i've never done a collage of picture photos no that's cool no I and i'm not talking about photoshop either like just something no, where just... you're taking a print or or even like other people's pictures just for fun i mean i know or it's taking copy. Uh, the back of a spoon to a polaroid or something and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> messing up the emulsion that was a thing for a while maybe it still is i haven't done that with the new one yet i should try that there's a hot spoon to the no no just while it's just before it hardens after it it, it for after the image forms just squiggle around on the just on the print and it's 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 smushes down the emulsion and leaves marks and Oh. I wonder if it would do it with the new one because the new one takes so long to process. I wonder if it would work the same. Well, this is the SX70 we were talking about. so. Right, but the new film stocks, the new Polaroid the new film, film stocks, okay. they, they don't process the same as the old ones. They actually take like 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the certain, certain, I think certain film stocks. But uh, anyway, I'd be holding a spoon for a very long time if it if it did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh Cool. Well, that's you. You're happy with this? Uh, the these books that you got? You're oh, obviously... absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and they're one of the reasons why I keep them up there is when I maybe not so much where I think like I've got this memorized or whatever. It's just if if it's sort of uh, kind of lost its interest for me, then I'll put it down, and within a few months or a year or years, yeah. I'll go put it on. What was that book about? And pick it up and look at it again. But these are what's going through my mind right now. So Mexico, because it was personal, and then Street, because that's also personal, and then this long story short, which is 
which is a nice little it reminds me a little bit of one of those history of photography books actually except they oh, took yeah. all those famous pictures and they threw them in a, almost like a random order i'm sure they're not <laughs> a random order but they you know it will you know here's as you're walking through the gallery here's you're going to see this then you're going to see this and you're going to see this and, it, it uh, might be the kind of book i might would suggest to uh for students to get uh like I, I do a intro to digital photography, which is kind of like an intro to photography class. I wouldn't call it, I'm actually trying to get them to stop calling it digital at this point. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I, I tend to try to make a selection of books for the students to, to look at because they're just getting into photography. And I always try to like, look, you got to look at pictures. Mm-hmm. And so this might be a good kind of book to like, it's it's a smattering of all, like you said, a history of photography. Because I can see that, I can definitely see in the gallery that the- Well, there's Moybridge pictures, pictures in there and there's- Yeah, uh, I saw those, yeah. Yeah, no, there's, that's the time sequence, um, um, physical bodies at motion, horses and yeah. people running and doing gymnastics and so on that he captured on kind of a zoetrope type of arrangement where you see the time sequence. It's, it's interesting work. Well, so it's it will go on my list. Oh, it's forty two bucks. Oh. You know, wait for the sale. So, uh, cool. I just noticed we're in past the hour. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go too much longer. I know I wanted to talk about something else, but maybe we can just leave that for. All right. Maybe we can make another episode of that. But I did want to talk about this uh, next time about the idea of uh, photos being interpretive or descriptive, uh, and it's something that popped into my mind. But maybe I can get you again. Uh, soon and we can yeah. we can use that Absolutely. as a as a spark well thanks for sharing all that stuff i mean god there's those are we got five books people i'll put links in the show notes to amazon to for everybody to um uh find these books and i got a couple of other links i'll put in there um cool. but i think it's a yeah a great way to spend some of the time that we're kind of cooped up is is uh expanding our uh visualness by buying and looking at books and going back through our old catalogs going back through the old catalogs is kind of the same you know it's like you know go through uh yeah go through that catalog right what else do you got to do <laughs> and i'd be really curious what other people's criteria is to like pull shots out that they didn't pull last time yeah like what what okay what's drawing into their shot that you missed five years ago and you're like you looked at it five years ago and you're not interested in it and, and, and I'm actually kind of asking myself that question. Why am I looking at it now? I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, and again, I said at the beginning, like, you know, if I'm doing a project, like, wow, look, I was shooting chairs way back when. And, and now I'm doing them again, you know. And so, yeah, but like those other shots, why, why am I pulling those out? So, yes, and I will a- answer your questions about the chairs, but maybe okay. we can do that in front of everybody because I'll have, maybe I'll make a selection. I don't know. I got to do something with those shots, so. They're, cool. a, they're a lot of fun. So anyway, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Well, me. it's my pleasure, man. And and let's what where can people find your musings and stuff? Uh, well, most of my work goes to Instagram. Uh, I'm Ward Rodson Fine Art W A R D R O S I N Fine Art on Instagram. I'm uh, Ward Rodson Photography on Facebook, and uh, the website that's Rodson.ca R O S I N.ca, which. Mark and I are still selling our book about the rodeo a few years ago. Oh, it's going to be five years. Next, <laughs> wow. next year, it's going to be five years. I really? can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. So uh, so there is that. We've got a few of those books left. If you like uh, 
Western subjects, or you have a family member that likes uh, Western subjects, rodeo specifically. It's a nice little, nice little book. We reduce the price a little bit on it. So. All right, but that's it. That's me. <laughs> that's you. That's all me. All right, Warren. Anyway, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me tonight. All right, man.